Hey everyone, welcome to Spirit Led Life Podcast. This is episode 13, hosted by Kingdom Operatives. And we're here and we're committed to turning the hearts of the fathers back to their home to help you regain your sense of significance in your family. Each week we join together as brothers in arms to train for a mission that really matters. And look, we got some really great training coming up here soon. We have what's called the Crucible. It's 14 days of training for fathers, for kingdom men to really discover the power in their presence. So if you've been someone who's been walking around not feeling confident, doubting yourself, you know, wondering your true identity and feeling like you can't even keep eye contact with certain people in your life, I would just encourage you to check out the Crucible and we'll make sure we have the link down below for you for that. So today we're going to talk about service. We're going to talk about service to our nation, service to um, our fellow community. And we have our guest, Andrew Maui, up here in the room. We're pretty excited about. Andrew and I have become really good friends. We, uh, we're just very kingdom oriented. We've had a lot of good conversations about the kingdom of God. Um, and yeah, Andrew has built a career as a wildland firefighter. So super cool. We're excited to have you, Andrew. Thanks for being here, man. Glad to be here. Hey guys, you might be seeing right now the elephant in the room, or I would say the baby. Um, this is my little four-month-old girl. She's going to be here for us for today's episode. I think as fathers, we got to find practical ways to involve our family and integrate them into our life. So here we go. She's making her first podcast debut today. God calls her strong, bold, and courageous. This is part of her identity. And today we're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about the identity of uh, family, of each other, of ourselves. And really um, with Andrew here, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, what's happened to him when he was transitioning from wildland firefighting and times when he was doing that every day and then little transitions in between and then some pretty major ones as well. And we're just going to hear from Andrew on what has happened in his life from all of that. So Andrew, first of all, man, super excited to have you here. Um, just want to take a moment and give you this time to just introduce yourself, share a little bit about what you're all about, your heart, your focus, you know, a little bit of your, your kingdom mission here. And we'd love to hear from you. So like I said, my name is Andrew Maui. I live out in Wyoming and uh, I work out of volunteer fire departments. Uh, and so when the state or the federal government needs assistance in what they're doing on firefighting or some even just regular emergency response with FEMA, they'll call on us to go out and supplement the work that they're doing. So yes, I go out on an engine sometimes and work the line fighting the fire itself. But what I'm really good at and really passionate about is logistics and taking care of the needs and, and showing hospitality to those guys so that they can get the job done. They, they have enough energy. They have a place to sleep, um, to shower, to just all the things they need to continue their mission. I love facilitating and supporting. So my secondary passion with this wildland fire is seeing guys come to know who they are, that it's not based on just their team or that they're a firefighter. And I mean, it's hit me myself, but we go in six month chunks or seven month chunks of fighting fire in this family environment, this team environment season ends and we go home by ourselves. And if we don't have a solid group of support back home, or don't know who we are, uh, we start to lose people. Um, yes, mentally, but firefighters and first responders are also the top suicide rate in the country. And so if we can start showing people who they are and that there is value in them more than just being a firefighter, 
we're going to see that drop. And, and we get the military people in that because they get out of the military and join fire because it's that same structure. So we're going to see that drop in our veteran suicide rates as well. And why do you think that is? Like, what is it about the culture that, um, like this culture of support and camaraderie, but how maybe without that, it can cause uh, someone to really feel, I don't know, absolutely lost or even the suicidal aspect. That's really surprising because you think, you'd think someone who would be, value life so much to where they want to protect and serve it would want to protect and serve their own. What, what, what have you noticed with that? Yeah, so military first responders, we're all mission driven. And without a mission, we feel like we have no purpose. So our purpose is to save life. But if there's no one working with us for that mission, whether it's someone else's life or our own, what's the use? Uh, why even try? Especially if I've given all these months or all these years focused on reaching others. And in my off time, nobody has the time to reach me. Wow. I mean, that, guys, that's something so key right now. Like, think about those people in your life who they just serve, they're steady, they're always showing up, they want to help and protect and make things better for you. And don't underestimate the value of you reaching out to them. Like, don't think that they don't want it just because they're the one who initiates it. I mean, in fact, you think about like love languages, right? You know, that book from Gary Keller. And it's like the way someone communicates naturally, their natural love language is actually the way they want to be communicated. So in this case, if you got someone who's serving you and, and working in that way, the best thing you can do is return that. So um, reaching out, building relationship, all of that. Man, that's crazy. You know, one thing you said, Andrew, that I want to hit on, you said you help people continue mission, right? And I don't know if you know that, but that's how we end every single training, every single video we say continue mission, because we believe there's one mission. At Kingdom Operatives, one of the big distinguishing factors is there's a lot of people out there who say, this is my mission, this is my mission, and this is my mission. Not you, man. You're, you're very collaborative and, and obviously compassionate. And I don't know, man, being part of the kingdom of God, I think we have one mission with multiple assignments being coordinated, right? So we all, we all contribute in that way. Like, what are your thoughts on that, having one mission? Yeah, so I'll go back to the fire world. The one mission across all firefighters is to protect life, protect property, protect resources in that order. And anyone really that serves in this first responder military capacity, that is their duty is protecting life, protecting property or the rights thereof and protecting the resources that supply all of those, be it in our country or elsewhere. Um, and that just translates straight into uh, serving in the kingdom or protecting the lives of others so they can have life in abundance. Um, we, we help show them where property is gained, both um, financial wealth, uh, property, uh, physical property, or just um, identity property. That, that, that is a property that you can come to know because um, your identity is your seat in heaven. Mm. That is a physical place. And that's your right to own. And then the resources that all accompany that. So if we can stay on that mission focus of life, property, resources, we're going to stay on the same kingdom mission, whether we're doing it for something spiritual or natural. There was a part of your, your life when, when you transitioned out of actually being in that type of role, especially logistics officer and all that. 
you really went down a path where you said, I don't, I don't know who I am anymore. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And just maybe some of the, the symptoms that came from really losing your sense of identity. Um, and by the way, you were a believer, weren't you the whole time? Yeah. 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 So not only was, a, was I a firefighter, but I'm a certified chaplain. So I, I'm speaking into the, the heart of these guys with that authority. And I had several people lie about me and my bosses trusted their friends and their employees that lied about me rather than working with me. And so I was terminated last year as a firefighter and it rocked me. Um, I had already gone through a divorce and now I've lost my career. The two things that I identified with, and I thought those are the things that I am, I no longer had. Um, and so, I mean, I did the whole grind thing, running my own part-time business and getting some other small jobs. Um, and it, I had to just totally immerse myself in worship, um, and playing my bass and some of my other instruments that, okay, once I put my focus back on God as I'm his son, that's all I am that I can do other things in the capacity of son. Um, that's when I slowly started to get out of it. Uh, but I had a friend tell me, Andrew, you have a right to get mad at your dad. Um, he, he wants you to show those emotions. So take a day and go yell at your dad, i.e. God, and let him know what's going on. Why are, what is building up in you that you're mad at him about? And, and I did that. And immediately I just heard God say, well, I didn't mean that for you. I didn't say those things about you. I'm using those to build you but that was not my desire for my son at all. And so my day of yelling at God turned into about three minutes and I was just wrecked. How often do we get the nature of God wrong? Like how often do we attribute something to God thinking, and that's that Hebrew mindset, right? I mean, yeah, I have learned a lot about that, you know, more than I do on this, but it's like they would contribute everything to God, right? The, the, the pluses and the negatives, and then Jesus comes and says, hey, just so you know, this is what I've come to do. And then just so you know, there's also the deceiver. And this is what he's come to do. And right, we have what's called a weapon of mass deception that I want to bring awareness to today. And it's called the trap of title. And the trap of title says that title is who you are. And it actually limits you too, because like in the example of being a captain, well, then that, that's all I can do is captain stuff. What about father? You know, what about what God calls me, right? Like, well, I just go off of captain or I just go off of commander, you know, those type of things. So trap of title really brings us into a path of destruction eventually. And it hurts a lot of people in the process because it limits us. And I mean, I just see, you got to know your real identity. That the, the title doesn't give you the identity. The title just labels, hopefully the function that you're working in. So what have you seen a little bit with title with other men in your life? And, you know, just in general, what's on your heart about that? Yeah. So we see it mostly in the military and fires a quasi military structure where you start hitting those ranks. And well, I hit corporal, I hit Lieutenant, I hit these. I don't have to do those jobs anymore. But what I love about wildland fire specifically and support capacities, um, firefighters on the line, isn't as much, but in the support capacities is I started out as a base camp manager, just building the camp. I worked my way up to a facilities unit leader, the boss of the base camp managers. 
And then I worked my way up to a logistics section chief. So the boss of those facilities guys and supply and communications and medical and some other stuff. But I could still be called to go be that base camp manager. And one minute I can be telling my boss what to do on the line. And the minute later, he can be telling me on the next fire. And I can smoothly transition into those spots, knowing his job so I can support it the best, but also not being too condescending that I can't do the, the easy jobs as well. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing with us today. You know, I would just want to give you a quick opportunity as we wrap up today's episode with just one final thing, which is called the message to the men. So right now you have fathers listening. You have um, just, you know, good men of God who are younger, who just, you know, want to understand the spirit of a father and what it means to actually reflect our heavenly father. So I would love for you to just speak um, a word of wisdom, a, uh, you know, something that comes to mind for you, a message to the men, challenge them, move them into action and understand that they're listening right now. Sure thing. So I, I told you about this exercise a couple of days ago, but the exercise called the greatness I see in you comes to mind um, where you pick out somebody and every phrase you start with says the greatness I see in you, be it uh, the greatness I see in you is you are an amazing builder or the greatness I see in you is you are an amazing father or the greatness I see in you is that you are able to see the need of others and support them in that. Find somebody this week to take five minutes and just, it'll be awkward. I promise you it'll be awkward. But the change that will happen because you follow through on this, you will not only lift them up and encourage them. Um, Bible says that uh, prophecy was given for sanctification and edification, to make better and to build up. So as you let them know what you are seeing in them, because you are seeing what God sees in them, you are going to make them better because they now know what they are doing and you're going to build them up saying, oh yeah, I do do that well. And what's your word? I know I said last question, but actually I got something. That's all right. about people who say they're not prophetic, like they're believers, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, but they are not prophetic. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So Bible says we are all sheep that know the voice of our shepherd. So whether we view ourselves as prophetic or not, you can say, Father, what do you see in this person? And that first thought that comes to mind, that's what he was wanting to share with you. Um, and the way to judge that is, is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Is it comforting? If it isn't one of those three, it's not of God. If it is, those things are of God and you feel free to share them. And also feel free to receive them for yourself because he says the same thing about his children across the board. Come on, man. So good. I love that. Well, hey, everyone, thank you today for listening to Spirit Led Life, where we believe the best life is one that is spirit led. It's time to train for a mission that matters. We hope today's training is going to help you and equip you, move you into action as a father, as you regain your sense of significance and identity in your household. Uh, remember, we have the Crucible, 14 days of training. It is going to be unbelievable. It's only three times a year. We keep seats limited, and we want to make sure that the men who are in there are really ready to train. But we're going to give you practical, military-style training that applies to your identity in the kingdom of God to help you discover the power in your presence, to help you radiate with confidence. So I know you're excited about that. I know my daughter Aspen's fired up as well. 
remember, no matter what happens, continue mission.